0: Music, horror, art, politics, badassery. Welcome to Society Third.
2: You want to see
3: something really scary? You bet. Music, horror, art, politics, and overall badass movies. Welcome
0: to Kettle Whistle Radio for Real on Society 13 Networks.
3: Get right into an excellent interview um, with a friend of mine now, a new friend, um, and just to say that she is in the band Star and Dagger, which is of course a, a great trio of women. showing you so we got Dava She Wolf herself, who'll be on in moments, and of course Von Hesseling, um, who maybe in a later date will have the rest of the band. But today, I'm just honored to have Dava She Wolf on the show, and. Reason being, she, there's so much rock and roll history with her, and I'm so glad that I was able to hear it firsthand. Uh, of course, some of the best conversations are off the air. Sorry about that, folks. And um, I have some thank yous before we get into the interview. Um, I want to thank Jeff Meyer for a great time in Syracuse at the Jason vs. Uh, I guess it was the Tommy Jarvis uh, series of... Um, Right at the thirteenth episodes four five and six, and then they did Rocky Horror. The place was ign- I mean it was just ignited with so much life at the Palace Theater in Syracuse. Eight hundred people packed in Saturday night, sold out. And I got to thank um, Jeff Meyer for getting me in Solon, long. St. Garris, some new uh, listeners, readers, and you know people were buying our books. It's really cool. He was selling CDs too. And we met some great people there. Uh, Elena Danwood being one of them, the in-house exorcist <laughs> from West Virginia. She was a uh, very interesting, very cool person. Just shout-out to her. I want to thank Kevin Christ, too, um, who uh, had me at the Living Dead Festival, invited me to be there with my publisher, of course, um, with uh, Burning Bowl Publishing. I actually sold out of Dwelling in the Dark that day. That's the uh, new anthology I've had. I was really proud of that. I want to thank him for that. And this is, we've got a lot of other stuff coming. I also have to thank Bob Cranmer, uh, for coming in and Bobby Cranmer Jr. Uh, did you listen to that episode? It's, uh, the most compelling one we've had so far. Uh, that's the Demon of Brownsville Road episode, a couple episodes back. But let's get into our interview here, uh, in a little bit. I'm going to play some Star and Dagger so you know just exactly what Miss She-Wolf is up to these days. And it's pretty badass. So sit back, enjoy, and thanks for listening. Friends and fiends, thank you so much for tuning in, uh, on our path to Halloween. This is Dave, of course, and I am here with a a legendary special guest. It just, it just keeps happening on this show, and the month of October is amazing. Uh, we have Ms. Daba She-Wolf. How are you?
1: Fine, and thank you for that lovely introduction. Well, you're a
3: lovely lady, of course, and talented. (laughs) (laughs) You are, very talented too. I have the proof in front of me, folks. I'm just saying. Um, so, I mean, you used to go by Donna She Wolf back in the day. Um, but to get things started, I I read this thing that you you said that you don't even remember a lot of the little smaller bands you've been in. I don't. (laughs) There were that many.
1: I've been in, and I, and honest to God, I don't, I don't remember a lot of
3: them. But but your first real outing was the Cycle Sluts from Hell. Is that correct? Yeah,
1: I would say that was the first real legitimate effort. Um, and it just, turned into something which was amazing. I, I do remember one thing that I thought was gonna go somewhere and funnily enough I was a guitar player in that band. I wasn't singing. Okay. And, um, but it was my guitar skills were like seriously raw. They weren't even garage, the fun band with some talented people, but somehow I veered into uh meeting the gals in cycle slots, working at the Lizmar Lounge, which is where we had our humble, not so humble beginnings, and, <laughs> and it just took off.
3: So not everything was smooth. Now you've, there's other members. Okay, we, of course we're talking about Sean from White Zombie. Um, one of our heroes. Everybody here has read her book, of course, at K W R. Um, and you have Von Helsing on. She's on vocals. Yes, um,
1: Von Von Hessling, Helsing. Yeah, that's. Von, yeah, I'm, I'm so <laughs> sorry, sorry, that's my
3: mucusy throat right now. Just not <laughs> working for me. <laughs>
1: No, I'm about to get real mucusy myself. Uh. <laughs> morning
3: uh, We're um, just gross. That sounded
1: <laughs> <kind of> terrible. <laughs> we're, we're just
3: really gross this morning. Here's the problem: we're both recording early. We're not used to this. I'm pretty sure we're both night owls.
1: This is outrageous. I can't believe I'm speaking to somebody. I know. Oh, I'm with you. Um, but yeah, Sean and and the lovely Vaughn um, of Star and Dagger. They they both reside in New Orleans. hopefully i will be soon also um and we we are dear friends we were friends first before we started the the band
3: yes i did see that
1: and um sean actually was my neighbor in the 80s her and rob lived right next door to me my ex-husband on east 13th street and she was just always the sweetest person you know super cool and, 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 and Rob was very nice too. And I just see them every day walking my dog, whatever. And, um, you know, we were all like on the Lower East Side, broke and struggling and trying to do something. And, um, you know, and then fast forward to 2006, I ran into Sean in very close to uh, where, where I live here on the Lower East Side. And we just, we met up for some wine and then, you know, started the crazy train all over again.
3: And you know what that, uh, it resounds in everything you do, uh, your enthusiasm. But, um, there's, uh, I, we should mention the other members of the band that I guess they play, I don't know if they're session players or they play on stage because I haven't been lucky enough to see you guys yet. Um, with, uh, D- David Catchman, and, David Catching Jackson. and,
1: okay. they're, they're like, Troutman. They're m- members and their brethren. We have a lot of members now I'm gonna try and I'm trying to run through them and I hope I don't leave anybody out. <laughs> you know, because we either are recording or we're traveling or doing gigs wherever. Um Dave, Dave Catching, who um, runs Rancho de la Luna. Right. Mm-hmm. And Joshua Tree, um is, is another really good friend and, and he co-produced us with this, with Ethan Allen, who was a, just a brilliant producer engineer and mm-hmm. um, we were so lucky to just fit into their schedule. And and so they did. They did the album for us. And um, Dave actually is playing slide guitar on "Your Mama Was a Grifter." He did guest guitar, and um, we just did a uh, UK. Well, not just. I'm sorry. Two years ago, we did a UK tour, and Dave came on the road with us for that because it's two guitar. You know, I'm writing two guitar lines, and uh, mm-hmm. and uh, Gene Troutman, who's. A, just like the coolest, another dear friend, great drummer. He's been in Queens the Stone Age. Yeah, uh, Queens,
3: yeah, and a, Eagles.
1: Yeah, I, I don't think he. I think he's pl- he played with Eagles recently. Okay. It's like really, it's funny. We're like all revolving doors of each other. So yeah, you know, whoever's around, people just grab by their tiny head and take them on the road. <laughs> um, but Gene was our, um, our drummer and uh, on, on the road. Um, our the, the original drummer on our first. Vinyl release. Am I am I giving you too much information? I'm sorry. Heck, this is no. Much.
3: No, 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 no. I don't care if we have three shows. Um, just for the folks out there, I've been trying to get you for about a year now. Actually, when we started out four years ago, I think Star and Dagger had just started maybe yeah. three years ago. I, I wanted you guys to be our first guest. It was, you're I, so it, sweet. Thank you.
1: I'm th- so yeah, well, we didn't get it together.
3: I'm glad that um, we did get it together, but things happen for you, and that's what happens. I can wait a year. <laughs> mm-hmm. But go on, you were saying.
1: Yeah, um, no, it's just, it's been, it's been a really amazing, um what's the word, Um trip. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. It started out, you know, we, it was just me and Sean sitting on a couch, fucking around with riffs and whatever. Am I allowed to say that?
3: I'm sorry. Absolutely. Okay. <laughs> okay.
1: Uh, um, and, uh, then some songs came out of it. Um oh, okay, this is how it started. Wait a minute. Sean and I, we reconnected, you know. Mm-hmm. Platonically, if you will, and just we we you know there was not enough reminiscing to be had. We'd get together, have some drinks, and the next thing you know, the neurons and the synapses are firing off, and we're starting to remember all this shit we <laughs> forgot about. And um, and we were hanging out at Bowery Electric one night, which is a a club down here. And yep. Lenny mm-hmm. K sees us from down the bar. Lenny K of the Patty Smith Group, another an you know, icon for me, great, good friend and great guitar player, mm-hmm. and comes over and, and just, like, points at the two of us, and he goes, you too, you too, you guys got to start a band. <laughs> and we were like, ha-ha, laughing, whatever. And um, I don't know, then I think it's like a week later, Sean called me and said, you know, I got some riffs, let's let's just mess around, and there you, there you have
3: it. Fantastic. Um, yeah, I did actually know all that. I wanted to hear it from you, though. <laughs> uh, right. Um, so are, you're New York centric, but you're all kind of New Orleans, uh, New York, and LA. Yeah,
1: yeah. You know, um, I'm I still live here. I'm. This it was my original stomping grounds. I came here pretty young in the in the late mid to late seventies, okay. and when it was a totally different city. The gentrification has rendered it unrecognizable now. Yeah. Um, you know, and I'm and it's great people who aren't getting. You know, shot and mugged on a regular basis, but I feel like it's lost a lot of character. Character, yeah, yeah. And, and the the money here is just staggering. Young people with insane amounts of money. And um, you know, when I was down here, everybody was broke and out of their mind and yeah. very creative. And um, it was just a, a, a different energy than than you have now. So. You know, there's there's a lot of great stuff in Brooklyn, I'm sure. i in Manhattan. There's some great musicians here who are still plugging away. I, I don't know how they do it, man, because it's, it's just hard, you know,
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, with the cost of living, but New Orleans has a real thriving scene for the kind of stuff I like, and all my friends are down there, and it's um, great. You know, my my husband is a chef, so it's a nice. great food town, and, you know, we're, we're just down there all the time, and... Um, you know, probably will end up there in it's, some capacity.
3: It's <laughs> funny. You, um, you kind of quoted uh, one of my guests um, earlier in September, um, Jerome T. Youngman, who plays. He is Mutant Press. Have you heard them yet? He used yeah. to, they used to play in New York. They, he likes the New Orleans area, but he's in Austin now. Um, he said the music change, scene changed there so much, and he said exactly what you said that you know, um, but nobody's going out to the shows. It's frustrating for him. And uh, he, yeah, Mutant Press is something. Uh, knowing your taste now, because I have a good idea um check out mutant press uh, i think this is a band you'll enjoy uh, maybe you guys get together and tour i'm just saying now what, what i wanted to ask you um too uh you're you've opened for a lot of bands dancing white zombie um back in the cycle sluts days are you pretty much doing your own shows now
1: am i doing my i'm sorry yeah I are you guys
3: oh really okay are you guys pretty much when you show up at a bar it's it's to see you guys you're not opening for folks anymore or do you still open up for folks
1: Oh no! Well, I, well, that was cycle slots. Uh, funnily enough, is our last, very last show was at the Ritz, opening for for White Zombie and Danzig. Right. It's our very last show. Um, but Star and Dagger, uh, we we have been so fortunate, man. We 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 did some dates with Down. Um, oh
3: wow, that's amazing.
1: Phil has been wonderful. To He's us. fantastic. And, yeah, and, and they're like one of my favorite bands, so it's like incredible, okay. and um. We, also, we played with Helmet, um, with, yeah. um,
3: say, Oh, very cool. Um, Heather's going to love that. She loves them.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, we, we've been – everybody's been really great to us. You know, of course, you, you, Sean, Sean is – arguably like or she's one of the great greatest heavy metal bass players on the planet
3: i would agree i would agree
1: so she she can you know she's opened a lot of doors just she's you know and and everybody loves sean so it's you know (laughs) it's cool (laughs) we get we get a lot of opportunities that probably a lot of other bands wouldn't have but we do appreciate them and it's just been amazing
3: so now you did a lot of touring in europe with the she-wolf days The she Wolves days i'm sorry uh when you were with jane county um Did you um? Did you always have that punk rock in your blood? I mean, and were they?
1: You know, um, we didn't get to tour with Jane, but we did um, record with Jane. And I'm going to be completely honest: I was not a punk rocker. Okay. I I was I was around for punk. Yeah. I was around before punk. (laughs) (laughs) Um, My original roots as a guitar player were not punk; they were um, rockabilly and surf, and um, things like. Link Ray, Dick Dale, uh, Burnett Brothers, um, just, you know, things of that ilk was the stuff I was trying to emulate, and, and I was not a adept enough player. to. I, I tried to do this surf uh, cover band mm-hmm. and, um, and do some Link Ray covers just for, it was like a proving ground for me, and that was before She-Wolves, and it was good, but it was...
3: Not your thing. It was
1: wild for the audience. Yeah, well,
3: finding <laughs> out now, I, I mean, finding out... Okay. out- now that Down is like one of your favorite bands, that that changes the game. I love them; oh, no. they're fantastic.
1: Yeah, I mean, but you know, those those guys are on an amazing echelon. But but yeah, so the punk thing was it, it was you know I could play punk, and and of course New York was the. I'm gonna sorry, London friends, I'm gonna hold true to. I was there, and punk started in New York. It did not start in the UK.
3: <laughs> I think we <laughs> I know, know that. Not,
1: bold yeah. Enough to admit it. it York. Yeah. <laughs>
3: From Ramones. Um, and
1: the European audiences were just great. She Wolves did not have a product out yet. We were able to go to Europe twice and pretty much fill some clubs. And they knew who we were just by virtue of the fact that you know um, my my personal relationship with Joey Ramone. Joey changed the trajectory of my life
0: mm-hmm.
1: by um, you know lending his energy to Cycle sluts and, and taking us. He took us on the Martin Downey show, and he. Had us open for him a couple of times, and we sang backup for the Ramones. And you know, people in Europe that that resonates with them, yeah. Uh, maybe more so than the United States. So that just just that was great, you know. That 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 could fill a venue, believe it or not. You know, small.
3: Club. Absolutely. Now I remember those days. Of course, the two little guys named Beavis and Butthead loved you too. <laughs> oh, those
1: guys! Isn't <laughs> that
3: great? Um, Sean had the same experience with White Zombie. You know? hey they put they put her over the over the freaking. I mean. I, I mean, White Zombie just became huge after that episode of them doing that. Oh, and, and you guys, um, i got to tell you, Psycho Sluts from Hell, I thought I remember the Headbangers Ball days. When, didn't you guys get on there, too?
1: I, my goodness, you must have been just a baby. Yes.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Not me. No, no, I was, I was actually working nights at that time. I'd come home and watch the, the <laughs> second three-hour episode, you know? <laughs> we, were, we were on
1: Headbangers Ball. um I remember Kurt Loder. I remember, I think, Kurt Loder interviewed us once. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. you know, that's when MTV was still music. Oh, yeah. Um, but Beavis and Butthead had, we we were dropped from Sony by the time that came out. That, so I was bartending again. And I was, I was like, you know, yeah. like say, um, I, I just said on another interview, I think I said, riding high in April, shot down in May, it's <laughs> you know, oh. the circle cell store. That's um, <laughs> so I'm bartending and some kid comes in and he's like, you, you, you're on Beavis and Butthead. And I'm like, what's Beavis and Butthead? I had no idea what it was. <laughs> and, uh, then I found out and, um. And then they 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 put that got our CDs back on the on the shelves. Mm-hmm. You know, we were forget it, you know. In
3: the in the <laughs> you have a cat. You have a cat. Cre- there's a cat creeping up on you. <laughs> Until then, behind you, there's a there was a cat creeping up behind you. <laughs> it just was it black. Yeah, it just jumped off the counter. <laughs> that
1: was either Mr. Crowley or Sabbath.
3: Oh, nice, very nice. <laughs> oh, on that note, let's play some music. Right, we're gonna do a little cycle slots. Uh, we'll, we'll we'll do the Beavis and Bothead song. Wish you were a beer. Okay. All right, and then we'll get right back with Miss Adava She Wolf, the lovely Adava She Wolf. All, right. <laughs> All right, thanks, folks. We'll be right back.
0: Here, okay. Let's play a game. <laughs> all
3: right, well we're back. Um, we can thank Beavis and Butthead for the infamy of that last song. Uh, <laughs> wish you were a beer, and with me, of course, Davashe Wolf herself, still out there. Yes, and perfect. Yeah, of course. As always, the best conversations happen off air, and you're not going to hear about that. Um, let's see. I don't know where did, where do we begin with the second part here, except the fact you did catch the show, the Demon of Brownsville Road. You kind of like that, huh?
1: Oh my goodness! Not no. I mean, I, I I felt for that poor man with what they they must have gone through. With the family, and then he had you know a he had metaphysical tragedy and then actual tragedy yeah. with the loss of uh, of his son. And yeah. um, you know, I I I. I I'm open to these kind of things, and I am, there's such personal experiences that it's wrong to invalidate somebody's experience.
3: True, true. He sat right here in the studio with his son, and uh, watching his uh, nonverbal behavior, it just spoke for itself, but he's a big dude, and he's strong, and uh, I mean, they lived like down the road from me, which is amazing. I met them at a horror convention. Um, yeah, I recommend that book if, to anybody that wants I, to... I,
1: I do want to get it. Yeah. Um, they, you, he had the tenacity and the, the faith to, mm-hmm. you know, rid himself of, of that situation. I didn't completely agree with everything he said right, because, right. Um, you know, a, a lot of thought around these sort of things is dualist, you know. And uh, I think there's a huge spectrum in between the light and the dark. And uh, it, it does come down to semantics. It's, it's mm-hmm. It might not just be angels or demons. It might be something else in between, you know, but True. I don't think, you know, at some point the mechanics of, of that kind of faith and science might merge. I hope we get to see it. <laughs> <You
3: know? laughs> well, I thank you for listening to that one and passing it around. I, I, I think a lot of your friends might dig that too. Um, Kettle Whistle Radio, I think it was episode 131. All right, well, um, I went back into the music here. Um, you had some help from Joey Ramone back in the day. What was that like meeting him? I heard he was just a sweetheart. He was a
1: sweetheart. <laughs> he, you know, I had I first seen the Ramones probably, I, I think, in 1974 or 5. Wow, holy smokes. Maxes. And it was like the most astounding thing because it just turned everything on its ear. And I didn't get to meet Joey till years later. And that, that's probably just from the Lismar Lounge, I guess. Okay. And um, the, the Cycle Slut started as a review. It was actually 10 girls starting. Um, there was a night called Cycle Slut Thursdays at this guy, um, Glenn Benson, Put together at, at the Spargo Lounge And Glenn is no longer with us But he's a dear, dear soul And uh, everybody would come You know, you'd have whoever was in town Playing would come Or a lot of A&R guys, whatever And, you know, it was just local yokels Playing metal covers and whatnot And we did a, One cycle Sled Thursday Where all the girls got up and did a song With this backing band And at the time, Pete Lisa Whose who's moniker was Lord Roadkill kind of helped shape the whole thing together. Mm-hmm. And uh, he ended up being our guitar player. And main, he was the main music writer in Cycle Suts. So Joey came to uh show and liked it. And then we got another gig at the Pyramid Club, and he came to that as well. I remember Steve Jones was there also. Oh, wow. A lot of people were there. And he's um, putting together... He, it was called Joey Ramone's Acid Extravaganza, <laughs> and it was at the Ritz, and I... I think Debbie Harry played. All these people, like amazing bands, played, and he had us on the bill. And that was the breakthrough for us. That's when we started getting A and R uh, interest.
3: Fantastic breakthrough! I got I interest. caught the Ramones towards the end. All four of them were still there. I was late '80s and at the Ritz. Um, I think it was Ritz 2 at that point. I don't know if it became the Ritz again. I used to go there all the time.
1: Oh, yeah. So Ritz 2 was on, was that on 50, it was in the old Studio 54 space, right? I believe,
3: I think so. It was a theater. Yeah. Well, yeah. I don't remember She's now. With um, yeah,
1: no. yeah, yeah. yeah. We played with them. We was, we sang back up and did some stuff with them there as well. But this is in the original Ritz on 10th um, yeah. Street. Which, funnily enough, a lot of us girls were bartenders, and we all were bartending at the Ritz as well. So if you weren't catching us serving you a drink at Lismar, we'd be giving you a drink, or maybe giving it to you, I don't know, at the Ritz. And, uh, no way. And double-duding it, you know, as the band was trying to get somewhere. And then when we got finally got signed, you know, we didn't have to bartend anymore.
3: Did you, bar- Did you bartend upstairs or downstairs? Oh, both. Okay, you never
1: knew what bar you were going to be at. And I- sometimes you'd be... <laughs> The the upstairs bar was like a lot of it was pretty cool. It was VIP, and then you get your occasional badasses there, and you know it was a different vibe. But the best bartending gig I ever had at the Ritz. Oh, wait, that's how I met Lemmy the first time. Lemmy came to my bar downstairs. Naturally, I bought him a drink, and I and I started blabbing about the band or something. I said, "Oh, you know, we're gonna open for you someday." And we ended up getting going on tour with them, you know, all across Europe, which was hilarious. Um but I had uh for Johnny Cash, they put me on at the stage bar and the stage bar was up right on the left hand side, right in front of the stage. Wow. And I come in to set up and they go, Oh, you got the stage bar. I was like, Oh awesome man, and I'm, I said I'm setting up my bar and I'm like, I'm gonna have the best seat in the house to see Johnny Cash play. And I'm setting up the bar and I hear um excuse me. And I turn around, and it's June Carter Cash, oh and all her loveliness with her hair up in curls.
3: Oh, it's awesome!
1: <laughs> and she's like, um, "I'm my name is June," and I said, "I know who you are." <laughs> <laughs> And she said, "This is a lovely venue." She goes, "You know, wherever we play, we like to meet the staff, and we like to introduce ourselves and say hello." And you know, she, she, she I was like floored. You know, I had to pick oh, my Oh, hell job. yeah! She was so sweet. And she said, "Please, after the show, come upstairs and meet everybody. We're going to have a receiving line for the staff." So we got to meet them. It was one of the most amazing. Nights
3: of my life. <laughs> wow, that's, that's correct. <laughs> Thank you for that story. That, that's awesome. Um To June and
1: Johnny, wherever you are, they're the best.
3: Oh uh, yeah, I, that is an amazing story. I definitely, you know what, you, you probably served me, uh, three dollar Budweiser's back in the day. Yeah, I <laughs> bet I did. Yeah, I'm pretty sure you did. Uh, yeah, they were three bucks if I recall. Uh, you know, warm <laughs> cans. I was drinking just about underage, so maybe you caught me, too. Yeah, really? I wasn't proving you, right? Look at the hot chick bartender. Maybe she'll serve me. Yeah, I, I was the only guy buying beers because I had money. All my friends didn't have money and didn't try. So, like, yeah, you must have waited on me. But, yeah, were you there for the Ramones in the late 80s for that show?
1: I should have been. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Wait a minute. We, I mean, we were playing there in the late 80s. Right, right. We played, I think, with Wendy O. Man, I'm sorry. My memory is That's so shocked. That's okay.
3: Stuck. No, you might remember this, because I have nobody but my friends that I don't talk to that uh, with this one. Um, it was uh, Metal Church, except and Wasp, and Axel Rose was at the show up in the balcony, swaying. Do you remember that at all?
1: <laughs> no, I don't know. I, oh, man. I think I was at that show. I don't remember Axel Swaying. Yeah, he was
3: there. He was at the Ritz. I don't know if they, they must have had a show, because I think Metallica was around as well. I was there when Lars Ulrich was up in the uh, balcony as well. I don't remember which show that was, but um, yeah, I mean,
1: they're, they're, it was great. They packed them in, and everywhere you turn, somebody would see somebody who was somebody.
3: Yeah, Dio and Ningve Malmsteen. I was there for that one.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think I remember that. Indeed. It's all a freaking blur, man. I got to tell you, a lot of it is <laughs> I, I I I drank a lot, and I still tipple.
3: So <laughs> we tipple here that. too. <laughs>
1: And what that does to a person's memory, but I don't think it does good things to a
0: person's
3: <laughs> memory. <laughs> well, I have always admired and followed female artists, uh, where some dudes have hang ups with female rock bands and rock vocalists that are female. Um for me it started with Stevie Nicks, progressed to Blondie, Heart, Forty Five Grave, and Jonette Napolitano. Do you like Concrete Blonde? Oh,
1: I love I love her. Yeah. yeah. Isn't she the uh, best?
3: I, I've back in the MySpace days I was trying to get her on here. I, I something tells me that she would do this show.
1: Oh yeah, I hear she's lovely, she's awesome. So, I mean, she's, I, I think I have friends that know her and I've heard she's great.
3: Well, I, I'm gonna try, that's, uh, she's, I, they're amazing, amazing live. I did get me meet uh, Clem Burke when I saw Blondie about two years ago actually, you know, they did a tour two, two or three years ago. Did you mm-hmm. catch that?
1: Yeah, I caught them. You know where I caught them at? Um, was it two years ago at South by Southwest?
3: Probably. Yeah, they came oh, out to Pittsburgh. And
1: they were amazing. Yes, I, they just like totally delivered. It, it, she, she's ageless. They're all. They're like the. The. They, they. There was like sparks flying off of them. They were great.
3: <laughs> exactly. Um, hey, have you guys ever? Even back in the day, did you ever play Bayshore Sundance out in Long Island? Yeah, you I did? think we did. You must have. I walked. think
1: we played Sundance. Wait a minute, oh, I'm getting so confused. I um, know. There's
3: a lot going on here. I
1: think we played Sundance with Candlemass. Oh
3: remember. wow, yeah, wow, that's a band. I think Jeez. we
1: did. I remember. Is there a friendlies near
3: there? There's. There probably was at that time. Okay. Yes. <laughs> Why? What happened there?
1: <laughs> no, I ate there. <laughs> <laughs> okay.
3: All right. We can accept that. I just got a phone call too. I don't know. Um <laughs> Sorry Go ahead, to... check your phone. <laughs> work, That's all right, don't worry about it. Because uh, actually I do have a uh text here from a mega fan. Um the girls that do our outro, their names are um we got Jess Timco and Erica Eskew and Dave Eskew. They're in a band called Yard Panther and they love you guys and they saw you in New Orleans. Um they let's see, Erica sent in a question and they emulate um they've been Sean fans since uh, since I don't know, before White Zombie. I don't even know how, but they these girls uh, just love Sean and you guys, and when I told them I was going to have you on, they, like, last night started screaming. Um, let me see what what Erica has to ask you. Um, first of all, she wants to know if there's any tour plans coming up.
0: At
1: this point in time, I, I haven't heard anything. We're, we're in pre-production for a new record. Um, one thing I can say, though, is if anybody... Because sometimes with social media, they contact me or Sean. They should really contact our booking agents, uh, Rocky Road Booking. And that's Jody and Andrew. You can find them probably on our Facebook page and they're the people to, uh, go to if, you know, with any tour stuff. But right now on the horizon, I haven't heard
3: anything. Erica wants to know too. What do you, what are your Mardi Gras plans?
1: a good one All um right. you know i i, I we're probably going to be down there uh, we'll probably go down there and just drink and be lunatics
3: okay i'll tell them to look for you <laughs>
1: like every other marty cry
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah they're they're in a little band called foxy death box they know the game and like i said yard panther a lot of fun i hope you check them out you'll hear them at the end of the show um yeah,
1: so send me their contact
0: stuff
3: um, oh i definitely will you'll love them just lovely girls and dave is a great dude great drummer Um, They're in Austin, like I was saying. Um, She has one other question. And this is my question, too. What do you do for Halloween?
1: Oh, Halloween. Um... You know, we were going to go to New Orleans this year, but I've I've got some real life responsibilities okay. that I've got to deal with. <laughs> um, it's no fun, but uh, so I, we're probably staying in New York. But I'll, I'll be dressing like something horrific, I'm sure, like I do every year.
3: Good for you. Yeah, we do that here too. <laughs> um, you guys More
1: we miss the better
3: exactly. <laughs> yeah. Well, so how was Tomorrowland Blues? How was it being received? And I know you had vinyl press too. Is that all gone?
1: We do have vinyl. I, you know what? I'm going to dig something up from you, for you by hook or by crook. Um, I, I might not have any in New York, but there's going to be some in New Orleans and it's, you can get the vinyl on Amazon. We have, um, Mega Forces is, is pretty much oh, good. Are, distributing it for us. Um,
3: I just got chills. Thank you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, no, I'll, I'll, I'll totally say so. I, I, I have to also mention though, before um, Tomorrowland Blues, we put out a vinyl release with Last Hurrah Records, and that's Chad and KK Hensley, with mm-hmm. uh, uh, Chad Hensley and KK, and they um, with this artist Lindsay Kuhn, who's a fabulous printer poster artist, put out uh, a, our very first vinyl release called In My Blood, based on In My Blood, and um, it was produced by Jay Younger, and it uh, and mastered by him and. That might still be available via Last Hurrah, and they really gave us our first uh, footing with that kind of stuff. So we really appreciate that. Very cool. Um, the, re- the reception of Tomorrowland Blues is interesting. Um, for the most part, it was very well received. People were objective and fair enough to not realize that everything's going to sound like White Zombie. Yeah. Right. With the exception of maybe one or two very immature people that seem to have an agenda.
0: Hmm.
1: Say that. Because, I mean, it it, it seems like in in the music business, sometimes um, people will, you know, make hurtful personal attacks that just have absolutely nothing to do with your music or your art. I'll never understand that. It happens to men, it happens to women across the board. It but. happens
3: to all artists everywhere. Um I've been subjected to some of that, you know, just starting out. I got published four years ago and it's, it's, it's been a fun ride, but like, you know, I'm going to Syracuse this weekend and staying at, uh, by the Palace Theater and doing this, uh, festival of horror with my buddy Jeff Meyer and, uh, you know, you lose friends along the way, um and you don't know why, really. <laughs> it yeah,
1: it's just- weird. You know, there, it, it's just, I, I, I tried, I, you know, I think we're, we all, all three of us gals don't really focus on, uh, reviews or comments or this and that, Mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's because it can take you to a place you don't need to go. Yeah, you're Um, right. Just do what you do for, you know, the truest of reasons and it's going to resonate with people or it's not, you know, and, and we're, we're in a very, um, losey part of our life, you know, it's, there's, there's, we, we have, uh, Different influences in our background. I mean, Sean was like serious metal. Cycle Suts was mm-hmm. pseudo metal.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <I> <laughs> but, like that. Uh, uh,
1: but you know, this this came together very organically, and what we're doing is 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 coming from where we're at now. You know, and and some people get it, and some people don't. But for the most part, it's been good.
3: Well, with that, let's uh, let's play a song. Um, let's go with. Uh, you want to go? My mom was a grifter
1: yeah why not
3: give him a taste and there's a great video for that based around Faster Pussycat Kill 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 I believe
1: Art, the, the director of that Art Haney is a fabulous guy who's lent a lot of time and energy to directing us which is like herding cats so we really <laughs> appreciate
3: it Yeah, your ladies look lovely in it and at the same time it, there's this, this certain cheekiness about it that's so perfect and the cuts and everything the way it's done black and white I, I loved it I loved it um, okay we're gonna get to that right now and we'll get right back with Ms. Dava.
0: Your mama was a grifter, I knew her well. Your mama was a grifter, I knew her well. When you grow up, this tale I'll tell. Your mama was a grifter, going straight to hell. She moved from man to book, to bed. Your bucks with thoughts, who lost their head. She was a woman who had no shame. She led them down that darkened lane They missed her greed, her loving lips They saw her smile and bite them in, they watched her hips, more like a snake, charming gypsy in the night When slumber struck, that's when she took her flight Your mama was a grifter, I knew her well Your mama was a grifter, I knew her well when you grow up, this tale I tell, your mama was a grifter, going straight to hell. One night she fled to New Orleans, so many men she never seen. On Bourbon Street, she cast her way. she held them in, right to her bed.
3: back great song i love my, my mom was a grifter that's just so different than anything out there right now unless <laughs> unless you're like me and Ms dava here um we know that sound <laughs> and we, we grew up with that sound it's called rock and roll i mean is that one of your favorite songs on the album I'm sorry? Is that one of your favorite songs on the album?
1: Oh, yeah. yeah I mean, I, I love them all. They're like children, you know? Of course.
3: <laughs> Do I? Yes, um, I?
1: Yeah, no. We had, well, yeah, that fond memories recording that, of doing the video, and uh, that was the brainchild of Sean, that story. I don't know where she conjured it from. <laughs> um, and like I said, Dave Catching is playing a uh, slide guitar on that. Yep. And,
0: yeah. It's a good one. <laughs>
3: <laughs> well, uh, here's, here's an interesting little tidbit here. I don't know if you – do you want, ever want to talk about your little rendition of Chinese rocks? Do
1: oh. You, um,
3: it was sort of a karaoke thing.
1: Oh, okay. Are you talking about YouTube?
3: Yeah. Okay. I, I guess, wasn't going to say that. I didn't want to give it away. <laughs>
1: no, no. I'm sorry. I, you know, it's very funny because Hules used to play that. Okay. Um, Johnny Thunders, mm-hmm. it's an angel – on my shoulder, but for from, from the for the other team, <laughs> okay. um, I'm a huge Johnny Thunder's fan, and I've been <clears throat> very and, and uh, gratefully uh, compared to my style is is similar to his in a certain degree. We were on the road. Sylvain Sylvain from the New York Dolls took us right. uh, to Canada twice as his pickup man, mm-hmm. and was so generous with the limelight and allowing me to play in you know, a lot of Johnny's leads. Um, which was like a thrill beyond belief. Um, so I guess oh we were in Barcelona, me, Sean, and Miss Von Hessling. This is before we were in a band. This is when I first met the lovely Von Hessling. Um, Sean called me up and said, let's go to Barcelona. I said, okay. She had gotten an apartment there, and we were just going to hang out and have a vacation, okay. which we did. And uh we got there. And we were picked up by this crazy lovable dude who just drove us to different spots to drink and you know when you go to Spain it's not like the United States so I'm like oh I'll have a whiskey or bur- you know bourbon's my drink I guess I was drinking bourbon <laughs> on the rocks Okay. and they give you um, a highball glass with like four ice cubes filled to the top with bourbon so I must have had like three or four of these. Okay. And, uh, then, then we get to the club and it was some more of that kind of lunacy. And they're like, Oh, you got to do some karaoke. And I said, <laughs> oh, I said, I don't do karaoke. And, uh, Oh, come on, come on. I said, Well, I'll only do one song and you won't have it. And, and I said, you know, Johnny Thunders, Chinese rocks. And they, um, <laughs> they said, Oh, we have it. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, <laughs> so, Oh, good. <laughs> uh, shit. So I, I, that, there you go. So there's it's on YouTube.
3: <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah, that one it took me by surprise, but I knew that you idolized Johnny Thunder's, but more of the guitar riffs, I think, right? Huh? You 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 idolize Johnny Thunder's guitar.
1: Oh yeah. 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 And, you know, and I, it's funny because I never really met Johnny. He, I had heard he had been at cycle slut shows, and the other girls knew him. I, I never met him. Um, right. But I. Uh, I, I'll tell you this I don't think I've ever told this story Okay. I had a dream about him And it was more It was so real that I, I. It was like a visitation And I woke up my husband and said I just met Johnny Thunders He's like great I want to sleep Leave me alone <laughs> <laughs> So the next day I, um, I, This is when they still had record stores in New York I went and bought like every bootleg Thunders vinyl I could find Wow. And played along with it for about a year. That's I, that's I do that in the afternoon. I just fell in love with this, this dead man, and um, and then lo and behold, my Tony Mann, who is our drummer, and she Wolves, gives me a ring. He goes, "Hey, I ran into a Sil Sylvain on the street, and he wants to come to rehearsal. He's going to call you in five minutes to see if you can borrow a guitar." I was like, "Are you fucking kidding me?" He's <laughs> like, "No," and I'm, my heart was pounding because I'm like, the you, just Dolls fan, you know?" I felt like I was fourteen. Sylvain calls Hi I'd like to borrow a guitar and come to your rehearsal I'm like oh no problem God. And I already knew a lot of the repertoire You know of Johnny's and the Dolls And and so did the, the other two people In my band Sativa and Tony Magnificent musicians They're you know and it just clicked, and we went for a drink. And he goes, hey, do you guys want to record? We're like, yeah. He goes, you want to do a little tour? We're like, yeah. So it was it
3: was amazing. I'm a firm believer in those visitations. Ab. I've had those myself. Um, well, here's the thing, Dava. Can I call you Dava?
1: Yes, you can call me Dava.
0: <laughs>
3: <laughs> you have a vibrant, real enthusiasm. You love what you do. I think that's why you rock, and you continue to be good at it. And that's just my impression. Um, here at KWR, um, Ms. D., Heather, and myself, we all read Sean's book, I'm in the band. That's great piece of art, actually, depicting her rock and roll life. Um, when are we going to see something like that from you? <laughs> well, <laughs> it's a great book. Yeah. I think you're in it. I'm sure you're mentioned, right?
1: Um, you know, I, I, no, I love this book, by the way. It was, it's so beautifully done, and she has mm-hmm. a, this, a visual background that she laid out, just gorgeous.
3: Yeah, she I, saved I, everything.
1: No, she, she saved everything. I have had um, Get Out Your Violin I, I've had a very strange life where I have almost nothing. I'm sorry to say, of uh, memorabilia or ephemera from past things I've done. Okay. You know, I had a. I just I would ha, I would have to leave a premise to <laughs> leave the premises very quickly without my belongings more than one time, and um, and unfortunately the only things I seem to have are uh, I have one photo album from the Motorhead tour and. Um, and I, I whatever I find on the net, I grab the JPEG, but I, I could never do something as as beautiful and elaborate as what as Sean has I to. I have nothing. And like, if somebody's got some stuff they want to
3: send me. So start now, that's all. <laughs> start with this show. Um, yeah, yeah, I mean, this is pretty, pretty good audio, autobiography right here so far. I'm, I'm going to bring up something here. I'm, I'm curious myself and we can edit this if you don't want to talk about it. But, um, with the cycle sluts from hell, I mean, it was, uh, I guess it, was there musical differences? Cause I happen to be a fan of Vaz Kalaz, uh, Kalaz, uh, Hansel and Gretel. I've seen them many times. They're fun. I know you're not really, I don't think you're an industrial fan. But she went that direction. I like, all. I like it all. What's that? I like it all. Oh, you like it all? Okay. Yeah,
1: yeah. I love industrial. I loved Ministry. Yeah. Before they became Ministry, it was, I remember their first cassette. I played it to death. And oh, they yeah. weren't quite industrial yet, but
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, no, no, I, I, I think it's great. I, there were, there were. The, I think the thing that with Cycle Suts, why it didn't continue, was it was a very arduous for us. It was our first band. Um, it was a little bit of too much too soon to quote a New York Dallas album <laughs> there um, there, w- there wasn't a strong enough work ethic for some reason for whatever reason to carry on to a second record and the business just destroyed us it was okay. that like that hunter s Thompson quote what you said the music business is a, like a cesspool where men die like dogs and there's a <laughs> negative side or something like that Um <laughs> It, it was just tough for us, and, and um, you know, everybody just went their
0: separate
3: ways. Right. Well, that's the way it appears. Um, but at the same time, there's some great memories and stuff left behind there. Uh, as far as, like, when you, um, before the three of you in Star and Dagger, now Sean and Von Hesseling uh, got together, did you see each other in other bands? Like, did you go to venues where you were playing uh, without knowing each other?
1: No, I think... Um, Juan had a band in uh, San Francisco, but I, I didn't know her then. Okay. And um, Sean I saw in Rock City Morgue, which was fronted by um, Rick Slade, who's a fabulous performer and singer and songwriter. And, and I, I I saw them a few times. And also um, Johnny Hot Wheels is the, is the guitar player in that band, and John Gray is, is the drummer. And, and they're, they're actually playing with us now so when we play live most likely they're going to be the guys coming on the road with us cool. um, and uh, I didn't get to see Famous Monsters Sean's surf band I know live. I missed it too it's funny because at the time we were both doing something similar and I think she toured Japan with that band um, yeah but I never got to see them. I've heard them and I love them, but I haven't seen them live.
3: I had that CD in my hands once and then the record store closed a week and I thought, oh yeah, I'll go get it. And it was, it was gone. <sighs> I'm so mad. <laughs> I'm still <The> mad. <laughs> it hurts. That one hurts. Um, now does it always gel with you when you guys are writing songs? Like who primarily writes the songs with Star and Dagger?
1: It's, it's funny. There's, there's no set premise for it. We, um, Sean and I will just like jam on stuff or she'll have a riff and she'll, she'll send it to me. And I'll, uh, we do an mp 3s back and forth. And, and uh, I don't know, we're all kind of like, I, I, I don't use this word gratuitous, gratuitously, but we have a telepathy musically. It's pretty cool.
3: Comes natural. Uh, That's awesome. So
1: yeah, so we get like the basics of something going on when we get together. It just, it clicks. It's very nice.
3: That's the way it should be. Now there's just one other item here. Uh, Sheena is a punk rocker. You made it for Ramon's compilation that was never released. Did that ever get released? Mm-hmm. Are you talking With about the She Wolves? Yeah.
1: You know what? That got released in Brazil and Argentina, uh-huh. I believe. Okay. Um, on a double CD, and I I'm so sorry, I can't remember the name. That's of all it.
3: right. I've got to get my hands on that. Okay.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's, <laughs> it's good. It got it got a lot of um. Um, acclaim or whatever, you know, people liked it. There was a, the, the, all these cool bands covering Ramones stuff, and they go nuts for the Ramones down there.
3: Yeah, that's what I hear. I, I have one that was made here, where even like uh, Static X got on it, and some other bands. Um, but I, I do not have this one that you were on. I got to find that some It's got to be on we the did, Cyber. We Cyber did it with so With
1: the Sylvain, that was the first recording we did with Sylvain.
3: Okay, I got to find this. Well, this is the part of the, the part of the show, Dave, where you got to plug your stuff, tell people where to find you and buy your stuff. <laughs>
1: Okay, um, Star and Dagger you can get on Amazon or Barnes and Nobles or any one of those usual outlets. Uh, it's the, the album's called Tomorrowland Blues, and there's a CD, or you can get it on iTunes, and or there's a blue vinyl, and it's pretty cute. The the blue vinyl, um, the album has a game board on the back it's we don't recommend you play it but it's pretty <laughs> funny and play at your own risk <laughs> and uh last hurrah vinyl you can get through last hurrah i, I think it's last records.com or google last hurrah records um what else cycle sets you can probably get on the uh, internet somewhere with a horrible horrible cover that's a, a story for another show yeah
3: i know you didn't like that <laughs>
1: It's a terrible story.
3: Um, and, yeah, let's uh, let's save that for next time. That sounds like yeah, a whole show.
1: <laughs> and and I don't know. She is pretty obscure. If you, somebody wants to hit me up on Facebook, chance Oops. of course I'll.
3: I just hit my mic. <laughs> okay.
1: I'll send you stuff if you you know
3: okay. the postage isn't
0: too expensive.
3: <laughs> Very cool. Well, I, I really, I love this. Uh, You made my day today. Appreciate you coming on. Hopefully we'll have you on again. And, um, guys, check out Star and Dagger. I, you will not be disappointed. Unfortunately, I I bought mine on iTunes just because I, it was the only place I thought to get it. I should have went on Amazon or something else. But, um, Mm -hmm. yeah, it's all, it's all, (laughs) it's all cyber. I, nothing cat. I don't like, uh, we come from those days where you had that thing in your hands. I'm uh, a good care package. Oh, well, I would like nothing better. It's insanity. And yeah, people come in here and they're just bewildered by the things I have here. Um, but anyway, I, just a couple announcements here. Uh, well, you can find me at FairlyDark on Twitter. Where are you on Twitter?
1: Me? Oh, I guess I'm Dava Wolf on Twitter.
3: There you go. Yeah. Um, as always, my stuff is at www.FairlyDarkProductions.com. Two books available there, folks, and all the Kettle Whistle Radio episodes, and there's been some good ones. Um, We also, too – oh, you'll find this interesting – a buddy director of mine, uh, Roger Sampson, is putting together a Forces of Horror anthology movie, and uh, myself and Heather Taddy are going to be the hosts of it. Which should be cool. So that's coming out in 2016. Blood on the Reel by Johnny Daggers. That's a independent horror film. Um, the do's and don'ts. Blood on the Reel will be coming out very soon. I think he has a premiere in October somewhere in Virginia. Also, a movie, The Chop, uh, by Jack Davis. I ha- I get my head blown off, so a lot of people will love that. Um, I am in there very, very briefly, <laughs> and uh, that is a movie about a guy that opens a chop house because he can't make it any other way, and he gets involved with with, with gangsters and guns and heroin. So, uh, interesting films coming out, all indie, all indie. But that's that. That's and that, that's a wrap here. Um, I hate to say goodbye.
1: Oh, I hate to say goodbye, too, but thank you so much. That
3: was a great, great uh, time that I had with you. We try. I, yeah, you're early in the morning. And this is early for us, as we said before. <laughs> really how do we, man- we manage to have a good time? I have no idea. <laughs> but thank you so much, and I'm going to say goodnight. You can say goodnight, too. But- goodnight.
0: Thank
3: you. All right. <laughs> Bye-bye. Thanks for listening.
0: you can.